Welcome to Choices, the podcast that allows you to simply be. I'm Vicky Bella and my job is to help you think about things a little bit differently, to help you cope with those challenges in life that may be affecting your happiness or performance, and hopefully provide you with some clarity in your decision making. Today, I take you back to 1997 and a song written in the face of adversity. Good riddance, they said, while simultaneously wishing for the time of their life. Are there lessons we can take from the 24-year-old track? Let's find out. So this episode is inspired by the title of Green Day's song, Good Riddance, Time of Your Life, which you may, may not be familiar with. So what is it about this song that got me thinking this week? Well, the story behind the original song was that Billy Armstrong, the singer in the band, wrote this song about his ex-girlfriend who moved to Ecuador and his attempts to be all level-headed, calm, mature about her leaving were mixed with anger, upset, and and a sense of futility. So he named this song Good Riddance to kind of express his anger outwardly. I know, stay with me, stay with me now, because I know this link is a bit tenuous, but I think you'll see where I'm going with it by the time you've listened to the entire episode. Um, But, you know, I think this song really expresses that conflict that so many of us are, are feeling right now, that the last year has been pretty naff, to say the least. But we're also trying, aren't we, to kind of reconcile that with all the bits of good that we found in it too. We're kind of clinging on to those bits of happiness, those spaces of joy, because perhaps we're really challenged and and continue to be actually, even now, um, both collectively and individually, to look at ourselves, look at ourselves in the way that we do life. And to appreciate just how intricately woven this fabric of our human interaction actually is and and how precious it it is. Now we don't have it so readily. So, yeah, back to the song. Stay with me. Right, this song is literally about saying goodbye. And I think it's about, do we do that with peace or do we do that with anger, upset, sadness. That's the choice that we have. So when we look at 2020, we're looking at how do we want to say goodbye to that that year? I think that's what, what this episode is really getting at. And without getting all political, we only have to look at Trump's exit from the White House this week to just reaffirm all this. You know, choosing to say goodbye... And how we choose to say goodbye actually can create a sense of calm and invite opportunity. It gives us that chance to welcome something new. And I get, I so get that we're, you know, we're not through this harsh hangover of what 2020 is leaving with us or leaving us with. And, you know, the sense of loss for so many continues. But perhaps as the year rolls on, and I'm going to sound a little bit cliched, but that's <laughs> that's not the plan. But a freshness will ensue. There, there, a new dawn will come. So anyway, I'm I'm just going off on one. I've, I've probably been inspired by all this inaugural speeches that have been going on this week. Sorry. So I'm <laughs> come back to it. But back to the song. Okay, so I, I thought it'd be really worthwhile just looking at some of the 
lines within this song that we could look at and and just think about how do we want to express our experience of 2020 and I'm going to apologize now because this might turn out to be like an English literature lesson from your yesteryears but it just really wouldn't be me if I didn't (laughs) if I didn't do a little bit of analysis as all my good friends know (laughs) okay so good riddance time of your life so it starts off with another turning point a fork stuck in the road Okay, so we can we can be faced with a fork in the road, like a decision, a choice that we must make to go this way or that. But yeah, you know, that fork sometimes is just put in our way when actually we would have preferred to just continue as we were. And 2020 really presented us with that fork. It, it was presented us with that turning point that, that we didn't necessarily want or ask for the fork was just stuck in the road not by our own choosing but presented with this fork and you know that perceived choice element taken out of it can we make the most of our journey along this different path can we choose to be curious to find out where we end up The new path might take us to better places, even if we can't take some of our nearest and dearest with us. The next lines, time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where you where to go. Gosh, I can't even say the lines properly because thank God I'm not singing it in this. (laughs) Sorry, I'm having a little laugh to myself. Okay, so in this last year, okay, so perhaps that's what we've been grappling with. You know, time took us unwillingly. We have felt completely out of control. The direction hasn't been ours to choose. And how how long is this going to go for? It's to some extent just not in our hands. But again, I invite you to consider, do we wrestle with that direction? Do we spend time fighting with it? Or do we just surrender and accept, you know, that this simply is, as it is and does that when we when we just stop fighting with it does that actually release us from the all the struggle the struggle of it all more lines so make the best of this test and don't ask why it's not a question but a lesson learned in time there are no questions here there are there are no answers in this challenge that we've all been facing Yes, on the practical, you could go into the logistics, you know, like the vaccines and our health and economic management of things. But ultimately, it is as we find. And perhaps, you know, we can, we can learn, if anything, a better relationship with this need for control. Things happen. How, how do we respond I think that's the test for each of us to face individually, which is perhaps why we are seeing this uh, rise in the challenges that people are facing with their own mental health. They're feeling a mental strain. How do they respond? And so I'm coming to the end of my little analysis. You'll be probably 
relieved to hear because I've gone all heavy and quite deep. But, you know, the, the, the next few lines, it's something unpredictable. But in the end, it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. And it may be hard to look back at 2020 and say, you know what, I had the time of my life. But I love this quote from Steve Jobs. It's actually one of my faves because it's so, it's so poignant to cons- when you consider it. You can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust in something. Your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. You'll never know the meaning of all this till it's done. And the song goes on in this spirit. It was born and came into fruition out of pain and went on to become a global platinum-selling single which still lives on today and is firmly regarded by lots as a timeless classic. So great things can come out of adversity. These pandemic years will in no doubt be remembered forever. But what are you choosing to do with these years? Become a timeless classic? Or a forgotten single on track 28 of a now compilation album? We talked to Kate Drummond, a health and life coach who not only helped individuals navigate their way through 2020, but also has embarked on a fascinating personal journey of her own. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the Choices podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Lydia. Thank you for having me. So tell us, what were you doing prior to the pandemic? Prior to the pandemic, I'd just begun talks with uh, the corporates uh, regarding in-house health and life coaching services. And we know what it is to be healthy and happy and we discover balance, motivation increases and the productivity. And of course, when we're happy and healthy, our immune system is stronger. So less sick days. We become more productive. And it was going really well. You know, I was really excited. It was a new path for me. And uh, yeah, it was merging two things I loved. And then obviously the pandemic hit and it slowed down. But once the world finds its feet again, it's going to be more important than ever having that collaboration between corporates and health and life coaches. Yeah, I see that. How did you um, kind of adapt then? So you had all these plans and then obviously it's clear things were going to change quickly. How did you kind of adapt to that? I think at first we all sort of went on this roller coaster of emotions, didn't we? Mm-hmm. You know, I know with me it was fear and worry and the uncertainty and then a little bit of excitement came in because there was all this change in the world but we were seeing a lot of positive change as well and I know some of my roller coasters I felt like I had the whole spectrum of emotions in one day yeah and sometimes it felt like I had fear doubt excitement and calm all in one minute at some point <laughs> <laughs> you know? I get that I get that <laughs> But my, my constant thought and how I coped through it, and I know it sounds silly, was just to breathe, mm. to take that moment and stop. In my journal, the front of my journal, every morning I got written down, so every morning I read it, is a part out of the serenity prayer. Yeah. And that is, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, 
and the wisdom to know the difference. That's one of my favourites. It's so profound, isn't it? Isn't it? And I think it's one of those things where you just, when everything seems so much and there's that anxiety, I read that, I breathe, and I'm like, okay, can I change this? If I can't, I need to find something I can be proactive in. So that was, that was how I coped, I think, and how I managed my way through it and found the exciting things instead of focusing on the things that I couldn't do anything about. Yeah. And I, I always say to my clients, you know, just as you were talking about your breath there, that your breathing is your best friend. You know, your breath is your best friend. It never deserts you. As long as you're still around, it's there. It's the one thing you can count on as a certain when the whole place around you is in chaos so yeah I that really resonates with me so you alluded there um, and you touched on uh, writing a journal talk me a little bit about that so journaling for me is it's been life-changing it's something I think we do what I know I did as a kid and um, it was more of what went on in your day and you didn't realize I didn't realize as a, as a kid how cathartic and therapeutic it was you know, to release all those motions. No wonder, you know, I used to sleep really well <laughs> because you'd get it all in your journal and you'd have a good night's sleep. So for many years, I didn't journal at all. And then when I restarted that habit, it was really profound. It's, it created so many shifts in me as well. Not only can you help balance your emotions, but you can find these great ideas that come out of your day that you've sort of forgotten about. So yeah, journaling to me is a necessary habit. I would say I think it's such an important skill and tool to have and it can help us on so many levels. Because I don't know about you, but I think people really get hung up when they think about journaling as there's a right way and there's a wrong way and, oh, you know... I've not got a nice book to organise book and organise thoughts. But for me, journaling is just literally scribbling down your dear diary and your inner inner scribbles in your mind, just getting it out of you. You know, how how do you go about, you know, organising your own thoughts? Do you just write like I was talking of or, or do you have a way? Because different people, different things, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's... There's some days I've got no so, and I get asked this so many times because I'm with you. There's no right or wrong way in how to journal. It is what is right for you. Mm. You know, each day is going to be different. If you're someone that loves structure and you love that guided journal feel where it's asking you questions of what are you grateful for, what did you achieve today, that's fantastic. You know, sometimes I have pictures in there, sometimes I take photos, sometimes I do mind maps, it's lists, it's thoughts, it's ideas. Sometimes I actually write in there, I can't think of anything to write. <laughs> you know, because sometimes you just have that headspace. So it's it's the tool for the individual. It's whatever works for, for each of us. Yeah. So I guess you found that helpful to motivate you for, for, and set you up for at least, Approaching the next day, do you say? Yeah, absolutely, because I always try and set my intentions down for the next day and clear my mind the night before. I'm I'm not the world's biggest warrior, but I'm a I'm a thinker. Yeah. So if I don't clear my mind before I go into bed, get into bed, 
I'm constantly processing. I'm, you know, I'm on the go. I'm wanting to find the solutions. Get it down on paper and then decide tomorrow I will deal with. This is my intentions for tomorrow. This is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to achieve. And it is, it is a motivator. And I think it's our words that are the biggest motivators. I know for me and for many of my clients, you know, we've, we come in, we say, I should exercise tomorrow or I must exercise or I need to exercise. And then the next day they get up and they say, oh, I'm not going to do it. And then they come up with a million excuses and we all do of why we've not done this. Mm. But if we change our words in our journal the night before when we're writing our intentions and say, tomorrow I choose to exercise. Yeah. You've taken that control back and choice to all of us is freedom. Yeah. yeah. So when that old programming comes in, you know, when you hear, even though it's your own words in your head, I should do, I have to, it's like you're being told to. So you're more likely to say, I'm not doing it. Yeah, you set yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're writing down, I choose to do this, you've empowered yourself, you straight away motivated yourself because it's a choice. And we all like choices. (laughs) Good podcast name. Hey, Kate, there we go. (laughs) So coming back to, you know, 2020, you know, what would you say to others that have maybe had a really tough time in this year and perhaps still are? I think that, again, it is really individual because we've all gone globally, we've all gone through so much. But my top two tips I would say to everyone is, number one, keep talking. Really do keep talking. Although your situation is unique, there is someone else out there. There is a tribe out there, a community out there, a friend, a family, you know, someone who can understand can empathise and most importantly can listen. Mm. And when we do share our thoughts, our worries, our fears and what's going on, the the pressure is just alleviated. Mm. You know, it's I, I know there's a few great words that help everyone is I hear you. Because we like to be heard because it's scary being when you feel like you're on your own. And it's so keep talking, so important, even if it sounds like it doesn't make sense, it doesn't matter because it's happening to to you individually, and it's good to get it out there and yeah. and you know help find the solution. My second one bet would be or is listen, listen to yourself mm. and take that time for yourself. If you're tired, sleep. If you're hungry, eat. If you if your body's telling you to go for a walk, go for a walk. Get outside. Have that moment of self care, and don't leave it for a Sunday. Do a little bit every day. You know, if it's a page of a book, and listen to yourself. You know, we listen to the wants, the needs, the opinions of others, and we forget to to listen to ourselves. And I think through 2020, listening to our personal needs is really, really important. I so agree with that. And I think coming back to that whole journaling thing, it really gives you that permission, that space to be with yourself really in that intimate way, which you don't have to share with anybody else necessarily, but it gives you that opportunity to just reflect with you yourself. So what's been your proudest moment or achievement over these last 12 months? Proudest moment achievement. That's really tricky. Do you know what? I think I've had quite a few. 
One of my one of my proudest achievements over this period of time is I learned a lot about my youngest daughter regarding schooling and education as a whole. Mm. And through what I've learned about that and her as an individual, I've seen her flourish. And it's been mind-blowing. Like the late Ken Robinson was a, an advocate for, you know, not teaching children just to fit into certain boxes. You know, it was very creative and doing what you love. And that's what, as a health and life coach, I teach others. As a parent, I, I was becoming so fearful of, are you making the right choices? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Focusing on the grades. And this year, because of her homeschooling, the grades become irrelevant mm. to a point. The focus started going on her happiness and how she was feeling on a day-to-day basis, being away from friends. So through that, the, the focus then became more so on effort. Mm. And instead of always looking, and it was a great lesson for me because our effort will always breed a great result. But if we only focus on a great result without the journey, mm. then it's not always going to be that way. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that to me was really profound and really, really important on so many levels. That really resonates, actually, because I, I think we send our children to school, don't we? And we hang out with them on the yeah. weekend and fair enough. But this has really given us an opportunity to really know our children, take the time to know them in a way that we we kind of do when, when they're so young. We we know all their, you know, little habits or, or, or how they go about the world. We, we know that. But as they grow, we, we become disconnected. But actually, this year has given us a great chance to reconnect with them. And, and I think that's what I'm certainly noticing is that there are so many parents who, who are noticing these small small things, big things, and thinking... How did I not spot that? How did I not know this about them? Yeah, for, for me too, I, I so identify with, with what you're saying. And it is, it's so important, you know. It's, I think that as an achievement was massive, huge connection. And I think probably my other, my proudest achievement was, you know, we, we stayed safe, we kept going and we proud forward and we created, me personally with, with the business now, we created something that was able to carry on helping people throughout and that's always a proud moment. Brilliant, really good. I wanted to also ask you, because we were talking about children just now, do you think, because this is of my, my own belief, but do you think children could really benefit from learning all these tools and, and, and these coaching techniques and things? just checking in with themselves so much earlier than, than yeah. they probably are exposed to. Absolutely. I Last year, not last year, oh God, now 2019, I was uh, doing sessions with my youngest school and uh, coaching the teachers. But we was then going through because, you know, Offset had put in a wellbeing plan into schools and that as well. So they were starting to see that there is a need for this within schools as well. You know, instead of it just being the bullying side of everything else, it is about the mindset, you know, how children are focusing on themselves and meditation. You know, it's been proven doing a, a few minutes of meditation before a class increases the productivity and the ability to retain knowledge tenfold. 
you know, and even with my daughter, we was where we spoke about the breath initially, and mm. um, she gets really anxious, and especially like most children before a test, you know, she panics beyond belief, and her heart rate will go up to like 120 beats per minute. But that simple technique of the breath, of breathing, so we was doing five, five, seven, and with under a minute, it was down to 60. Mm. You know, and that focus, and it brings that clarity and that calm, doesn't it? Yeah. Journaling again. And vision boards. I think vision boards for kids, especially teens, are fantastic. Absolutely fantastic, you know, because they've got all these great ideas, but they're not putting them anywhere. So their heads feel constantly full. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a tooth fairy. I want to be a hairdresser. I want to be, you know, all these different things. And they change weekly. But if they have them up on the vision board, they can see them. They can see a pattern. And it's it brings, as we know, it brings it to life. Yeah. And I think they can really direct within that vision what it is they want, not what other people want or what they think others want from them, but what do they want? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Tell me, Kate, who would benefit from your services? Tell tell us a little bit about your business and how people can contact you. Any woman who wants to make change and create a life they love, really. If you're going through any form of change in your life, in your environment, and going from... School to university is such a huge step from university to career to, you know, proper adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible, you know, and it's scary. You, you're, you're moving home, you're, you're paving the way for your, your own thoughts and actions to, to matter and it's, I, it's scary. I, I think I'm still learning adulting. <laughs> <laughs> and, but yeah, so... Anyone really who wants to create that positive change in their life. Um, again, it's unique, it's different. How I coach is designed for the individual. It's bespoke because, you know, there, there's, yes, there's loads of tips and tricks and tools that we can all use, but how we put them together is very unique and what works best for us. So, yeah, so really, anyone really who wants to, who, who feels stuck. You know, I think there's one of the reasons I created The Purposeful Life was we all feel a little bit lost sometimes. Mm. You know, I started going through the perimenopause when I was 38 and it was that feeling of Groundhog Day and I didn't know who I was. Mm. So through different life changes, I literally went on that journey of rediscovery and I was like, wow, I remember her. Yeah. Liked her. She was great. She was strong. She had fun. And it's bringing that person back to life. Yeah, I think it, isn't it? Change is about not changing everything. It's rediscovering who you were and who you are in your essence before life affects you or you allow life to affect you, isn't it, really? Absolutely. And, um, and this year as well, I'm bringing out, which I'm really excited about, I'm bringing out a guided journal to help people begin that journey, mm. that journey of rediscovery. Because a lot of people still don't know if they need a coach, yeah, you know, or someone else. We, we all think that sometimes that we can do it all on our own. 
But having a team of people around us is so important. Exactly. And my feeling is, you know, sports, the greatest sportsmen or, or women, the greatest professionals, they have a team of bods and they have great coaches. And it's about a team behind you. And a coach is such an important part of, of that team just to just to bring out the best in you which which you know your your friend or your parents or your family they may not necessarily be able to do that where a coach from a completely impartial viewpoint but has so got your back can can do that for you absolutely they you know i always say you you're you're their cheerleader you're their supporter you're the person nudge you do a great little dance when it's going well and you give them that gentle nudge when it's you know they need to keep going a bit it's it's motivating you want to see success in people it's wonderful to see people when they begin their journey and how they evolve and rediscover who they are it's 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 a great gift so how can people uh, contact you you can email me at kate at the purpose of life or you can contact me through my website which is thepurposefullife.com and you can also join me on Instagram at Health Life Coach, uh, where I do daily motivation, inspiration, talk about life and everything in between. Um, so, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Kate. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. So, as we heard from Kate, there really are things that we can do to inspire ourselves, motivate ourselves, despite the challenges. So perhaps it's about finding a way to say goodbye to the pain, if we choose to. And we can do that with a a sense of peace, and we can try and be magnanimous about it. And that's a really big word for today. (laughs) But we can try and be generous, forgiving. And, And being that way, it really gives us that chance to Welcome something new, something hopeful, something good. And on that note, I'll catch you next week. So I hope you enjoyed the third episode of the Choices podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so send me an email to choices at vividoutcomes.co.uk. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe and drop me a review. If you want to find out more about the work that I do when I'm not podcasting, head over to my website, vividoutcomes.co.uk. Catch you later.